0: Uh, Let's turn with me in your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Psalm. It's in the middle. If you're not familiar, you can kind of just open your Bible there. And I'm going to ask everyone to stand while we read the Word of God this morning. Amen? So if you have your Bibles, turn it to Psalm 103, Psalms 103. If you don't, you can just follow along up there. And then, uh, you know, after service, just, you know, let us know and we'll give you a Bible. Uh, So that you will be heathen no more. I'm just kidding, y'all. Okay. It's on your phone, too. U Version Bible Lab. Who has U Version Bible Lab? I love that. Multiple translations, devotions. Uh, They're doing a good job with that. Cool story behind that, but we don't have time for that today. Anyway, Psalms 103, verse 2. Say with me, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Let's say it one more time. Praise the Lord or bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Amen, you may be seated. The title of the message this morning is Lest We Forget. Amen. Lest we forget. Now, I wasn't with you last Sunday, but very recently in the United States, we celebrated a wonderful tradition that we have, right? We gather together with our friends and our family to eat, to fellowship, to watch football, watch the Cowboys win again, amen, and give thanks for all that we are blessed with. It is a wonderful time that signals the start of the holiday season, and this tradition is called Thanksgiving. It is then followed by another peculiar tradition. After giving thanks for all that we have, many people then go out in droves and participate in ritual combat, for discount toasters and 4-year-old televisions. And we call this Black Friday. And it can be downright crazy, and I'm going to show you what I mean. Do we have that ready? Make sure you have the volume up, too. Tonight, those doorbuster deals at times creating chaos. <laughs> oh Look at this crush of shoppers in a Chattanooga Victoria's Secret Pink store. The stampede over Sherpa jackets, people seen shoving each other, one sales rep climbing on a table to escape the crowd. In a Georgia Walmart, two women fighting over pots and pans, one refusing to let go. All those people in the zombie apocalypse would be dead, I'm just saying, okay? And I love the look on the the girl's face of like... After that, I'm going to tell you something. Are you already? Victoria has no more secrets. <laughs> okay. After the mob attacked the store, no more secrets. So why do we do this? The day after, or sometimes even the day of when we're supposed to gather with our loved ones and be thankful for everything that we have. Why do we do this? Why do we do this? People fighting over pots and pans. Let me tell you something. That right there, I hope y'all saw that at the end of it because that is the only time you will ever see two women fighting over pots and pans. Okay? But why do we do this? I'm going to tell you why. It's because we forget. We forget. We forget what we have. We forget everything that God has blessed us with. We forget what God has brought us through. Now, when it comes to remembering God's faithfulness, we can be especially forgetful. Uh, An example of this is in the book of Exodus, and we should probably all be familiar with this, but in chapters 14 and 16, in the span of just a couple of chapters, we see the Israelites delivered from slavery, brought through the parting of the Red Sea, and then grumble about not having food to eat, crafting new gods out of gold, right? And it's astonished me. Has it ever astonished you? You're watching this and go, wait, God just did all of these things to get you out of Egypt. And then as you leave, as the army's coming, he separates the sea. He, you walk on dry ground after the sea is separated before you. And then the armies that have been chasing you, they're drowned. And God's leading you at night by fire and at, by day, by a pillar of cloud, All you're seeing is surrounded by supernatural. And they grumble that they're hungry. And so what does God do? He gives them manna. And you know what they do? This isn't good enough. And how quickly we become like that. What happens when we forget? When we forget, you can write this down, we become complacent. Complacent. Now, sometimes that means you're complaining, but sometimes that means you're just blah. Say it with me, blah. Turn to your neighbor and say, blah. Turn to the neighbor that just said that to you and say, would you like a Tic Tac? <laughs> we become complacent. We become unsatisfied. Everyone on Facebook is really glad they're on Facebook right now, and they're like, not around the bad breath people. So, But we become unsatisfied. Unsatisfied, uncontent with what we have. We become less faithful. Less faithful to God. Less faithful to the people around us. There's a word in our vernacular that the American public, the society at large, doesn't like. It's called responsibility. Responsibility means you get your butt up in the morning, you get yourself to work, and you do what you're supposed to do because that's what you're responsible for. And it's not just that you have something to do, it's that people are counting on you to do that. And when you do that, that means you're faithful, and when you don't, that means you're not. So we become unfaithful to people, and we become unfaithful to God. Why? Because we're self-involved. We become self-involved when we forget everything God's done for us, everything other people have done for us. When it becomes, what have you done for me lately? You know, when I was in sales, I enjoyed selling guitars. I enjoyed doing that stuff. I enjoy being involved in that now. The thing I never enjoyed was at the start of the month, you were back to zero. I joke with my wife that I can mess up really, really fast. I can go from hero to zero pretty quick in her book, but... In sales, it's like that on a monthly basis. You can do great. Become the first. You're back down to nothing. Start over. It's not fun, is it? So we become self-involved. We start acting in that manner of, God, what have you done for me lately? Person, what have you done for le- me lately? Wife, husband, what have you done for me lately? Parent, what have you done for me lately, parent? Parent. And I say to my children, did you eat? Start putting bows on stuff in the freezer, that box of waffles. Christmas bow. Dad, I need deodorant. Okay, but that's going to be part of your Christmas. And what happens is we lose expectancy. We lose expectancy because we're no longer operating in faith. Now, that's really important for a church named Expect a Miracle. Amen? So you got to hear me. When we forget what God's done, we lose expectancy. Because if you don't have it in your mind, what God has done, you forget what God can do. And if you forget what God can do, then you aren't expecting him to do anything. And you know what you start doing? You start doing it all yourself. That's not even in my notes, so that's for somebody this morning. You start doing it all yourself. But God, He is gracious to us. He knows that we have spiritual amnesia. So He gives us instructions when it comes to our memory. Turn with me to Joshua chapter 4. This is going to be a short message, because the Cowboys play at 315. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's going to be a short message, because sometimes you need two passages to change your world. Amen? Joshua, chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. Now, I'm reading out of the New King James, so it might be a little bit different from up there. It says, in the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean, tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Amen? Let's think about the scripture in context. The Israelites have been delivered from Egypt like we talked about. They showed themselves to be complete idiots and wander through the desert. This is why we've invented GPS, so that we never see that happen again. They were disobedient to God repeatedly. And so God spent 40 years trying to teach them. And what it finally came down to is that the generation that left Egypt could not learn To change. And so they didn't make it into the promised land. Their children did. Now I pray that's not the case here in our country. That previous generations can learn from mistakes. And learn to walk as God has called us to. Not simply how they're familiar with walking. So that nobody gets left behind from the promise that God has for us. Amen? But that is what happened to the Israelites. Moses didn't get to go in. So Joshua, at this point, after 40 years, has brought these young people into the promised land, crossing over the Jordan, and calling, hearkening back to what happened at the Red Sea, has parted those waters so that they can cross with the ark. And we know, if we read your Bibles, and if you don't, you should, because there are great stories throughout there, but we know that God gives the land over to them. And right here... He instructs Joshua, after they've crossed, to take some stones and to build a memorial. It's important to remember that the reason God instructed Joshua to create a memorial is that um, the idea of a memorial comes from the term memory, right? Memory. It is to remember these specific moments in time. To remember, in this case, what God has done. We have memorials in San Antonio, right? Small one downtown, not far from where I work. It's called the Alamo. That's a memorial. Y'all went to uh, the San Jacinto Monument. You go to Washington, D.C., it's full of memorials. Memorials to battles, memorials to great men, things that we look upon in order to remember what has happened. It's to jog our memory and to prevent future generations from forgetting. That's the idea. And we must learn to remember regularly what God has done for us. Do this in remembrance of me. When it's not Christmas and we don't have this lovely nativity scene here with like the palms and stuff, the bird sitting on top of things, not quite sure that's how it went down, but that's pretty. Um, We have a table and it says, do this in remembrance of me. Jesus created a memorial in practice instead of an object when he instructed his disciples to commune and remember him and that moment in time. We continue to do that, don't we? We take communion on a regular basis and we remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. That he was beat. That he was hung on a cross. He struggled to breathe. He did all of these things for us. He died for us. And we remember his body and the blood that was shed through that act. That act is our memorial. It is God's instruction to us on a regular basis, and even more so than we do once a month. This isn't just, he didn't just mean once a month. On Sunday, you'll go to church in America. And you will have a little wafer and a little thing of grape juice from Welch's. And that will remind you when you're together of what I did. No, he means that when you gather together in communion with one another, you break bread. We leave today and go have lunch. That during that time you remember what he did. That's what he meant. That's what he meant to his disciples. When y'all get together and you break bread together, remember me my body broken like this bread, my blood like this wine shed for you. Amen? He knew that they would have to hearken back to that moment because they were going to go through all sorts of confusion. He knew that they would be scattered, that they would be distraught, that they would be confused, that they would feel abandoned. They wouldn't understand what was going on when he was crucified. He knew that that when he was resurrected, that they would struggle, that despite what he had told them, they hadn't gotten it. And so they would have to remember this moment so that they would understand what he was doing. Amen? Now, we started with Psalm 103, verse 2. I want to start back at Psalm, and you can follow along with me if you will. I was just going to read a portion of this, but I think it's important that we read the whole chapter through. So I want you to, to follow along with me. Psalm 103, starting verse 1. And again, I'm reading from the... Uh, no, this is King James. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities? Who healeth all thy diseases? Who redeemeth thy life from destruction? Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles? Like the eagles, y'all. Like the eagles. All right. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our fame, he remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto, uh, unto children's children. To such as keep his covenant, and to those that remember his commandments to do them, the Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all ye hosts, ye ministers of his that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Amen. Amen. That's good. That's good. That's good. What the psalmist is doing here is rehearsing what the Lord has done. This, this is how David encouraged himself. We read that, that David encouraged himself in the Lord. That actually came up while I was at camp. Pastor Rachel Birchfield asked, what does that mean? Have you ever thought about that? What does it mean to encourage yourself in the Lord? How do you do that? How do you, uh, to use an American term, pick yourself up by your bootstraps in the Lord? This is how you do that. This is how you do that. You rehearse every good thing that the Lord has done. When you remind yourself, listen to this, I want you to catch this. When you remind yourself of all that God has done, and how powerful God is, that nothing is impossible in Him, then you can face anything that life throws at you. Amen? Amen. I'm going to give you five. I don't like doing this. I don't like giving lists. But I'm going to give you lists. Because this is five practical points that I want you to use to remember what God has done for you. And how to remember and not forget all of his blessings. Amen? So if you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, say number one, record your memorial. Is my time up? I heard an alarm go off. Just kidding. <laughs> number one, record your memorial. Don't worry it's not Alamo Draft House we're not going to escort you. All right. What has God done for you? Write these things down. Record it. Think on these things. Amen. When God blesses you, write it down. Journal it. You got it? Number 2. Be thankful. We started this talking about Thanksgiving. To be thankful, we often use as a throwaway term. I want to define what I mean for you. To be thankful means to engage with gratitude. That means that you position your heart, you position your emotions and your mind to a specific place. Do you know what being thankful doesn't look like? It doesn't look like this. Well, he can just try to bless me. That's not what being thankful looks like. But to engage with gratitude means that thankfulness gets down in your heart, in your mind. It affects your attitude. It affects your emotions, which affects your response. Amen? When you have gratitude, you are thankful for everything. You are thankful for everything. Candy preached months back about uh, the five love languages. One of mine is acts of service. It didn't used to be. I think when you do enough for, for children over the periods of time, you suddenly really want people to do things for you. <laughs> Can someone like, clean my coffee pot, please? And, and I'll tell you, I feel gratitude when I get up in the morning to make my coffee, and it's clean. I'm saying this so that they'll do it more often. It, it, it's a little thing. But when you engage with gratitude, when you decide to be thankful, you will just marvel at the little things. Amen? I'll tell you more about that in a second. Number three, say number three. Rehearse what the Lord has done. So we talked about recording it. Now, number three, we're going to rehearse it. And what that means is that you're going to tell others. Now, this is the call of the gospel, right? This is what it's all about, to go tell others the great things that God has done about who Jesus is. You know, we, we often focus on the pain that he suffered at crucifixion, but I often think about the fact that God humbled himself. He condescended to our level to become like us, and I have to imagine that that was a jarring and painful experience on its own, for him to be at our level, to suffer as we do, even before his crucifixion, life can be difficult, and we are often faced with pain, and God put himself in the position to deal with that, and that's the goodness of God, and if you are thankful for that, and you're thinking about that, you should tell other people about that, right? That's kind of how that should go, isn't it? When you're excited about something, you want to tell other people about it. Oh my gosh, Hallmark is doing a movie. <laughs> I'm not a huge Hallmark fan. But I could tell you about all of the movies without ever watching them. Anyways. Um, <laughs> now, here's the thing. When we personalize what we're rehearsing, when we personalize the goodness of God, we are better able to connect with the people that we're speaking with. Amen? So I'm going to personalize. Something I got a new truck. It's very nice. It's very nice. It's very nice. I am I'm very excited to have this new vehicle. I'm not excited about the car payment. I, I I liked not having a car payment, but I'm blessed to be able to 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 get this, and I'm thankful for it. And and you know, here's the thing: a lot of people who haven't known me for very long. Maybe people I work with might look at that and go, wow, well, he must be doing really well. Someone joked, wow, YouTube's doing really well. It's like, I only wish that were true. Um, But the fact of the matter is that I can be so thankful because I remember where I've been. Amen? I remember where I've been, and I know how far I've come, and I've seen all that God has brought us through. And so as God blesses us, I don't take it for granted. I am so excited about even the little things. Candy laughed at me, but last night I was rehearsing to myself this message, thinking about the things and speaking out loud. And I, and I have like 50,000 things going on at one time in my brain at any given moment. And when I work on something, I focus. My children are like this. They fo- when they're working on something, they focus. They can focus their thoughts. And so I went and rubbed conditioner all over those leather seats in my new truck while I focused on the word of God. On that King Ranch leather. Mm. Amen. And remember how I said be thankful for the little things? That you will marvel at the little things? My wife marvels at the fact that she can change the colors inside the truck. She can make it purple for her. And that's marvelous. But it's the little things. And it's the little things that get you to the big things. That's why God says to be faithful with little, and he will make you faithful with much. And I've had to learn that over the last ten years. And now I have much. When I had little. Amen? And so I testify of God's goodness. Not because I'm any big thing. That truck is, yeah, it's great. But you know what? It's also just a truck. At some point, it's going to wear out too. But God will still be there. And God will still be leading me if I will listen. And he will still be guiding me if I will follow. And he will lead me to great and mighty things. Amen? We get so caught up in material things. It's not about that. That's not what the blessing is. That's not, the truck is not the blessing. Someone needs to hear me this morning. The truck is not the blessing. The blessing is that God has taught me faithfulness and obedience and discipline over the last decade so that I could ride in that truck. That material possession is not the blessing. The place where God has brought me through is the blessing. Amen? Fight over discount toaster on Black Friday. You didn't want it two days ago. And I work in marketing, okay? I like things. I love guitars. I like shiny stuff. Candy and I used to have a, a, a game we would play because I have expensive tastes. We'd go up to a, a counter at a, at a department store, and she'd say, we'd look at the watches, and I'd pick one. It just happened to be the most expensive one in the display. That's not my fault. But I'm not going to go broke to have it. Amen? So remember God's goodness. Testify about it, and watch what God will bless you with. Amen? Number four, say number four. Number four, remember God in your traditions. Do you realize that there are so many festivals in Jewish culture for this very reason? That God instructed them to do these things so that they would remember all that he did for them. In the Christian calendar, we have two very, 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 very important ones. Christmas and Easter, as we prefer to call it, Resurrection Sunday, because that's what it's all about, amen? These are to remember God, like I said, condescending to our level, coming to earth as a baby, growing among us, so that he could die for us, and then be resurrected, which is what we celebrate on Resurrection Sunday. You know, we get a lot of gifts this time of the year, and that's fun, but Resurrection Sunday, to me, is more powerful than Christmas, amen? I just wish it was colder. Anyways. So, we need to remember God in our traditions. If your Christmas isn't about Jesus, I don't know what you're celebrating. You may have a holiday tree, you might have some holiday gifts, you might go to a holiday party, but Christmas isn't what you're doing. And by the way, when you see Xmas, that's not a bad thing. If the earth tried to get rid of Christ by putting X, jokes on them. X is the Greek term for Christ. <laughs> Gotta love that. So Christmas is about Jesus. And in our traditions, we need to remember to incorporate God. And not just these two I mentioned. How about on birthdays? Do we thank God on our birthdays that we're even here still after all these years? I'm just messing with some of y'all in the audience. All these decades. God has been faithful. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Other people's birthdays, right? I mean, there are so many anniversaries. I thank God every time Candy and I celebrate our anniversary. And I will never question her judgment because she picked me. Amen. That's how that works, guys. You can't question her judgment at that point. So I'm thankful, and I thank God, and I remember what God has done as often as it possibly can. Finally, number five. We talked about it before. The Lord's Supper. This is a very specific moment where Jesus gave his disciples instruction. We're his disciples, by the way, if you didn't know that. To do this in remembrance of him. To sup with the Lord. You ever think about it that way? to sup, to have supper with the Lord. My kids, they know if they eat something before we pray, they get to pray. Because we are going to be thankful. Amen? And we should be eating with one another and with Him. This is what I call horizontal fellowship and vertical fellowship at the same time. Amen? No. So, su- What are your discussions like over dinner sometimes? Are you supping with the Lord? Oh, I'm stepping on toes at this point. Okay. So, number five is the Lord's Supper. When you get together with people and you eat, remember God. Remember what He's done. Give thanks. Give thanks for that Chick-fil-A in front of you. The Lord's waffle fries with Chick-fil-A sauce and nuggets. Amen. So this morning, I want to encourage you in your faith. See, that's what this is about. As we continue here right now into this Christmas season, I want you to remember. While commercials try and tell you everything that you need, I want you to remember everything that you have. Amen? If you have uncertainty, I want you to remember that God has ordered your steps. When you face adversity, I want you to remember that he has overcome. Amen? My grandfather was um, a character. His name was Melvin Machine Gun Pollard. That wasn't his real middle name. That's just what everyone called him when he worked at the railroad uh, because he had a short temper. He... uh, (laughs) he looked like George Burns. He was always carrying a cigar he was chewing on. He was short. He was bald. He was white, and he had ears that would stick out to, like, here. He looked like George Burns. He would go to H-E-B, and he would rifle through pies and look for ones that were mislabeled. Pineapple labeled as apple, or apple labeled as pineapple. And he would buy that mislabeled pie, and he would take it home, and he would eat it. Mostly. And then he would take it back to the store and say, this was mislabeled. Y'all need to give me a new one. They got to know him pretty well. (laughs) Yes, sir, Mr. Pollard, let us get you a new pie. We're so sorry about that. Thank you for keeping us honest. He taught me how to cook a pot of beans. The secret to a good pot of beans, if you don't know this growing up in the Rio Grande Valley, you put a mesquite twig in it. Just go outside, find a nice long mesquite twig, wash it off, put it in the pot of beans. Connie, you're looking at me, you never heard about this, right? Yeah, I asked him once, is that for flavor? He says, no, that's so all the little farts can crawl out. my grandfather once gave me some sweet tea late in his life his eyesight was failing he'd use a cup and a half of salt that'll wake you up he didn't notice the difference he'd been drinking it for days but one thing that I'll also never forget because he told me not to Is that my grandfather, as imperfect as he was, would never say goodbye. When you come over to visit, for birthdays, for Christmas, Thanksgiving, whatnot, when we would go to his house, he would never say goodbye. He would say, Remember. And that was how we parted. When he passed away. On the flowers was a ribbon that said, remember. And this morning, I'm encouraging you to remember. Amen? Please stand. Father, we want to thank you. We want to thank you and praise you, Father God, for all that you have done for us. For all that you have blessed us with individually as a ministry here. I thank you for all that you've called us to. For everything that you are doing in us and through us. I thank you for your Holy Spirit working things out in us. Father, I remember everything that you have brought this church through. I remember everything that you have brought me through. Father, I pray that by your Spirit you would help us to remember. To remember your faithfulness. To remember your power. To remember your mercy, your grace, and your love. I pray for everyone here this morning and for everyone watching online. Lord, I pray a special blessing over them this time of the year that you would shield them from the chaos. That you would speak to their hearts and their minds. That you would work through their emotions to birth gratitude and desire for your things, Father. Teach us to seek your kingdom so that we can see all these other things added onto us. I thank you for everyone here, everyone watching, Father. I thank you that you are going to use them mightily. I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would begin speaking to them, even now, throughout the rest of the day, the rest of this month. Put people in their path, highlight individuals, and lead them to these people that need your love, that need your compassion. As we walk after you, Help us to walk in this to be your hands, your feet, your your mouth with your words for the lost. Help each and every one of us to reach at least one. To reach one with your love and the truth of the gospel. As we remember who you are and what you've done, let us rehearse for them all your goodness. So that they may know you. That they may know your light in the midst of this dark world. That they may know your hope in the midst of their hopelessness. Your love when they feel unloved. Your saving grace in the midst of despair. Father, I thank you for what you're doing. We honor and praise you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen.